This podcast contains material that is intended for mature audiences and may not be suitable for all listeners. Enjoy. I don't want to get on the bandwagon. I'll burn that wagon down and join the band. Traveling troubadours terrorizing street corners just to try to get some supper in our hands. Now I waited all my life to get this off my chest screen, buddy murder until someone understands that it ain't about the money, the drugs, or the women. I make this noise just because I can. And we'll all join in to that original sin. So let's get rowdy and reckless. Let's get rowdy and reckless. Let's get rowdy and reckless. Just for that. Hello and welcome to another edition of Old Man Strength, a podcast of the Tailgate Society and brought to you by Deadeye Barbecue Sauce, the best goddamn barbecue sauce in the known universe. I am Tim Johnson, joined as always by Chris Shipley. Chris, how are we doing this evening? We are doing wonderful this evening. How are you, Tim? I am hanging in there for uh, all that this year that seems like a decade is bringing us uh but yeah you know um it's been kind of a busy couple of days and we're knocking out a, a wall in in the what is now the dining room formerly the the living room and knocking out, out a wall into what was a bedroom is now going to be the den so uh my uh house has been full of dust and uh a dog afraid of all the loud noises so it's been uh, it's been an interesting couple of days for sure well i i admire your dedication to that are you doing it yourself or are you, you having somebody do it or uh, a combination so some of the stuff that i'm not uh particularly comfortable with uh, the house is a is a mid-century house so some of the electric is interesting uh i noticed when i was doing work in what is now the dining room that there are four outlets and all four of them are different in how they are wired um one of them is a three-prong that is not grounded so that's some good uh, electrical theater mm-hmm. <laughs> going on there um uh, so it, this is a house that for the last Seven, you know, seventy years has been piecemealed by who knows what. Um, learning a lot about mid-century uh, stuff. I'm certainly not someone who uh, realized that in they used to not use black wires as the hot wire in the house. <laughs> uh, so you open up a wall <laughs> and you find colors of wires that you're not used to. And now I feel like I'm diffusing a bomb. In like an old movie, trying to figure out which one to cut and which one is actually, even though they're two outlets in the same room, they're on two different uh, uh, breaker switches. So, uh, yeah, uh, it, it, well, I'm, I'm having some people help me out, uh, but you know, kind of the rest of the the work on, you know, handling the the hardwood and the threshold as a transition and and some of the additional trim that still needs to be done and um yeah always something new more power to you i i as i've gotten older i've learned what my limitations are we uh 
we bought this house and the basement was not finished and we had designs to finish it. So I had this great idea that I thought maybe we could do it ourselves and so on. And I maybe got two days into some planning or whatever. And I <clears throat> was like, um, I think we're going to be money well spent if we just hire a contractor and have them do this in about a week. So I, I smartly, after he finished it, looked at it and thought, yeah, there's no way I'd be able to do that. I, I This box corner over here and this trim over here, I would have never, it would have took me three days to figure out how to box that in. Uh, so I learned my limitations there. Now, that being said, I'm still stubborn. I still like to save money. So when we decided to expand the deck last year, I thought, well, I can do a deck. I mean, I've built plenty of decks with my dad and... That's that can't be that hard. So, <clears throat> a buddy of mine down the street offered to help me because he has just a crap load of tools. He's like Home Depot, like in his garage. He's got whatever tool you need. Yeah, so, yeah. so but you know, silly me, I didn't want to wait for him. So, I I went and uh, rented that post hole digger and dug the first two post holes, and I bought all the lumber and everything. And he comes up and he he walks in the backyard and he's I'm I'm two holes in. And he goes, "How uh, what size is your deck?" I was like, "Well, I'm adding a ten by ten section here. Give me that tape measure." So I pull the tape measure over, and he measures it, and he's like, "Uh, you dug this hole ten foot on center." <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, how, how long of boards did you get? Ten foot. Yeah, you're way too short. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, you either need to go buy all new lumber or we need to make this hole a lot bigger. Well, son of a bitch, I said. I threw the thing down. I walked in the house. I'm all pissed off. Stacy goes, what are you doing? I don't know. I'm 20 minutes in this fucking project. I screwed it up already. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm a marketing guy trying to build a fucking deck. I can't, I, I can't believe I fucked this up within 20 minutes. Needless yeah. to say, I did not do anything else until Chuck came down and helped me. Uh, I don't... I, I certainly... Um... You know, I think it's it's the the brewer in me. A lot of brewers are, are frustrated engineers, and I'm not an engineer, but I am a designer. Uh, I have a certain amount of kind of a DIY approach to a lot of things, but there have been plenty of times where I've been like, you know what? Someone a lot smarter than me could do this a lot faster and is probably going to cost me the same amount of money in the fact that they're not going to have to redo some things like seven or eight times. So the, it's going to be faster and the quality is going to be a lot better. So I will just pay money for that. Uh, <laughs> I, again, uh, something like electrical, right? And I, I could probably go to YouTube University and, and learn how to do some of that stuff, but I like not being shocked. Um, I, I, I think, I think, uh, having an electrocution free life is, is a lifestyle that, that I appreciate. So, uh, it's funny, yeah, man, I, I get it. It's funny how those things are, are, will will stop you from, uh, I had to light the pilot light on the furnace one time and I was scared to death house up and i was like <laughs> now surely there's some mechanism in here that's going to stop that but i just the thought of me flipping this switch and holding a match down there just seems like a bad idea right. so you know you're over there and you're you're cringing and you flip it and you okay i'm still breathing all right i'm still alive <laughs> well again it's like the diffusing the bomb like do i cut the green wine is that type of scenario right. 
boy, uh, if your heart rate did not need to get any faster, that was the wrong, the wrong situation. No kidding. No kidding. Um, but, uh, yeah, actually, I think that this probably uh, segues pretty good into kind of what we want to talk about uh, this week. I think a healthy amount of, of fear is what got us this far. You know, we've talked about some of the stupid things we've done where probably we should have had more fear. Um, but I think there's also a certain amount of... Uh, the reasons why we're around is because we were scared enough to either hire someone better to do it or we needed to make sure something wasn't going wrong. Uh, but that said, I you don't ever get over uh, being afraid. I think there's there's this idea that, you know, the older you get, the more you've seen, the less you, uh, you're afraid. I think the difference is what you're afraid of, what scares you. Um, and, boy, in this time right now where there's a whole lot of unknowns in the world, uh, you know, anything from politics to health to <laughs> the economy to you know you've you've talked about uh uh changes in in uh your professional life um i, I kind of wanted to spend some time uh tonight talking about what are the things that start to scare us as we get older how has that fear uh changed yeah i think it's a, a timely topic to to talk about um i remember uh reading a book one time about um it was a children's book that i read to the kids and it was <clears throat> the, the lesson and it was this wizard was able to create to create these wishes and and so on and one of the kids had wished that um he never felt pain like he wanted to be impervious to pain mm-hmm. and the theme of that was that there's pain for a reason because it's telling you something. It's warning you of something, right? You may have a broken bone or you may have something seriously wrong with you or whatever. Um, it notifies your body that something's not right. And mm-hmm. to me, I think that's the same thing in life, right? You you have to have those those fears or those apprehensions that pause you enough in life to 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 see what may be happening or what's going on um so for me uh uh, there's a lot of things that that have changed what i fear as i get older based off of what's important to me Mm -hmm. that's fear to me is 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 a is a big motivating factor but the end result of that motivation changes over time. Well, I mean, we we talked briefly before we we started recording here tonight about um, nutrition, and I think you know I'll go in and kick off and and realize, um, you know, I I I know things like heart disease are common in my family. Um, I know that my attitude towards food in particular uh, was 
you know, you're, you're, you're young and you feel like your body is going to be able to bounce back and you know that you're going to be able to, to adjust. And so, uh, you might order the greasiest thing on the menu or you might, um, uh, <laughs> you might not worry so much about overindulging or, and you might always start to fetishize food. Uh, and that's one thing that's for me has hit home, uh, here recently is, how I'm taking care of myself from a from a nourishment standpoint, um, that you know it 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 makes me feel very old to start thinking about uh, uh, not worrying about consequences to what I eat. But it is something that has really been um, uh, very clear for me uh, recently. I I I think you you kind of share some of the same the same concerns there. Yeah, for sure. My my life has always battled, it seems like, food and a weight problem. I was uh, chubby as a kid, and uh, it got pretty bad. I was a freshman in high school. Um, my parents decided to move to Phoenix. Uh, my dad moved there for a job uh, for a friend. And, you know, all my older sisters were married and gone, so it was just me and my parents. And moving to Phoenix... Uh, from Iowa, it was a pretty big culture shock. Uh, yeah, I had I had no friends. Uh, I already had a low self esteem as it was because I wasn't exactly, you know, athletic or or um, popular or at the least in my mind active. Right, I was still fairly chubby, and you know, for six months uh, that we lived there, my entire existence was going to school. I'd come home after school. I'd eat two boxes of macaroni and cheese and sit on the couch and just sit there all night. And that's, that was my life for six months Yeah, because I was so miserable and that, and food was a comfort thing for me. And I, my weight ballooned from there. Uh, and it was a constant battle for my entire life. Um, so yeah. And, and you don't, I mean, you, you, you realize what you're doing at the time but at the moment when you sit down, and I would imagine it's like any other addiction, you sit down in front of food and all those things that you said you were going to do an hour before are completely out the window because all you want to do is eat that because mm -hmm. it's going to make you feel better. Mm -hmm. It's It's a constant battle for people. And that really was how I was when it came to food for 20 years. Mm -hmm. uh, but we talk about fear and, and um, we talk about motivation. I got to a point in about 2007, I was probably 465 pounds. I was wearing a 6X shirt. And a 60-inch waist. Uh, I was married to the girls' uh, mom. And, um, you know, I, if we're being... I, 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 This podcast, for me, has to be completely open and honest, right? Yeah. So when I say that I was at my wit's end, I, I couldn't tie my own shoes. And I knew I was in trouble when I would go to the restroom and I couldn't even wipe my own backside. Mm -hmm. I, couldn't, I couldn't reach it. And it was a it was a motivating factor the fact that I knew 
I was not going to see my girls for very much longer. I wasn't going to be their dad very much longer. Yeah. And at that point, I made a decision to have gastric bypass surgery and change my life around. And from that time on, the, the fear of, of dying and the fear of failure motivated me to change my life. Yeah. And still does to this day. Yeah, so that that's one of those things where, um, you know, part of part of what I hope that we do with this podcast is, is when we talk about these these serious topics, like what are you afraid of that we that we're able to frame it in a way of how that that as you said, kind of from the jump, that it it fear keeps you honest in in a lot of ways. Um, but that's something where, you know, it becomes even more tenuous of of uh, circumstance as you're getting older, and as as I'm sure you are feeling, uh, even though, you know, there's a completely different thing. I mean, Chris, I I would not have 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 guessed that about you at all, um, looking at you. Uh, but there's there's kind of some residual and secondary effects that now. I'm sure you're starting that you're feeling now as you age that you're continuing to kind of have to to think about what that's going to be like down the road, um, you know, and, and realizing, you know, seeing stories like that and, and hearing things like that makes me, you know, it, it it certainly helps you kind of think about what is important in your life, right? Yes. Yeah, it, it puts you in perspective as to some of the things that you thought were important are not so much important. Uh, my, my thought process was um, really negative too, right? And I think that yeah. was because I lived my life in a negative way. I would sit there and think, well, my friend's driving a really nice new car. That's Why is that? Why don't I have something like that? Uh, why doesn't my... A uh, house look as nice as their house. Why doesn't uh, you know? Why why does that guy get a promotion and and get that job and I and I just sit here and I don't. You you sit and 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 wallow in self pity. You can't pull yourself out. Mm -hmm. You almost feel like there's no there's no end to it, right? right. And and that fear of I I think I just got to the point where I was like I've I've had enough. I don't want to live like this. You know, I, I was at a crossroads. Do I want to continue to live like this for maybe two or three years before I die of a massive heart attack? Uh, do I want my kids to have to clean me? Like, that's, you know, that's crazy. But that was reality staring me in the face. Right. And uh, now, or can I become the man that I knew I was inside? Uh, and I, you know, I, I joke and I say, um, I used to think that just changing my body would fix everything. Yeah. I, I yeah. you know, I'll be 200 pounds and then my life will be great. Well, I'm, I'm now 265 pounds and I'm probably in the best shape that I'm in, in my life, but I still deep down sometimes think I'm still 465 pounds because the damage that that thought process does to somebody 
is really hard to get rid of. Oh it's yeah, really hard to get rid of. Oh yeah, uh, no, I, 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 I mean, I, I get that. I've, I've struggled with, with, uh, with mental health issues. I, you know, diagnosed with mild major depression and, and generalized anxiety uh, disorder, and uh, the, the psychological damage that that is done is often uh, uh, as detrimental as the physical damage, for sure. And some of it is, as crazy as it sounds, is helpful to me because I'm so afraid and I have such a fear of being like that again that I almost have this overabundance of passion to make sure that it never happens again. Sure. So let's so let's talk about that in in the frame of as you get older. How has that fear of that happening again uh, changed? So you know you you had kind of your perspective post bypass surgery, um, but now as you're getting older, you're seeing uh, your kids get older. You're seeing family get get older. Uh, you know, kind of. My point was that the, your, the fears don't go away. They they just sort of uh, transform and morph and, and turn into that. So let's kind of talk about what that kind of looks like now, what you've learned, and maybe how you've learned to be afraid in a different way. Yeah. I think I'm more now afraid, not so much for myself, but for the people that are around me. Okay. You get to a point, I think, where it's not so much about yourself as it is for everybody else. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, a good example of that is is when when I when I got diagnosed uh, with cancer, and uh, that first day I was in the hospital, and they had an option, they had an opportunity to um, to operate to see if they could get it right then. Mm-hmm. And I remember my first my first thought was, okay, well, I need somebody here to take care of Stacy. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not going under until we get her taken care of, right? Like that was my first thought. It wasn't so much me and the fear of me; it was a fear of what she was going to go through, and how was she going to handle being in the being in the waiting room all by herself while I was over there? I I I wasn't worried about myself anymore. Mm-hmm. Um. You know, somebody needs to go get my kids and tell them because I don't want them to find out later. You, yeah. Th- those are the fears, I think, as you get older is, is you're, you fear more for w- what about your loved ones and what you can do for them. And are they taken care of? And are they going to are they going to have a happy, you know, graduation? And, and, and not just in the matter of me having cancer at that moment, just overall. Yep. You, as you get older, your fears switch from so much, not so much selfishly what you are, but what your kids are going to be and, and whether or not you've done a good job with your kids and your family or your community or have you did you help enough people, things like that. I think for me, that's what it's evolved with for me. Yeah, no, I, I think uh, that. Is absolutely true. It's kind of one of the other things I was thinking about as we kind of talked about this this topic was uh, what kind of world are we and uh, am I uh, leaving for 
the next generation and my my family, I think about um, I've learned to live on on a lot less money. Uh, my my money fears that I had a long time ago are very different than they are now because now it's about if something should happen to me before my daughter hits eighteen, um, am I doing enough? Man, I sound like I'm Sam Waterston in like a a life insurance commercial. Uh, or, that Saturday Night Live one where so people get attacked by robots. Right. Uh, <laughs> uh, but Liberty it, Mutual. It is one of those things where it feels like a very weird old man thing to say. I, I remember when I was younger, I used to always think, why are... I, I never... When I was younger, I don't think I fully understood life insurance, right? Like, for I don't life think I fully understand it now, to be honest Well, yeah, that's true. <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, I, the only people who understand life insurance are those that are making money off of it. Right. Uh, f- for sure. Or make for selling it. Uh, but yeah, like the whole just concept is that you buy, you invest in something that doesn't pay off until you die. Like it, it just, it's kind of, you know, antithetical to what investments are supposed to be until you start to get older and you realize, no, my, my legacy here, I, I don't care if people don't know my name in a hundred years. I'm not trying to leave this large mark on the world or whatever. Uh, but what I care about as, in terms of legacy is what am I doing to help uh, uh, my loved ones have uh, a better situation based off of all of that. Uh, and it, it's just a weird way for me to, to kind of realize Cause I mean, I used to watch all of these, you know, you, you stay home sick from school and you're, and that's like the rare opportunity to watch midweek daytime TV. Uh, you know, you watch uh, Hollywood squares and prices, right. And whatever. And there's so many commercials in the middle of the day, in the middle of the week for life insurance. And I used to wonder why are old people so obsessed with life insurance? And not that, you know, I have a ton of policies or, you know, I'm trying to sell anyone. Uh, man, maybe I should. People are getting older. I should be <laughs> in insurance. Um, but I get it now. And, it, and it, you know, it's not a fear of my own mortality. It's a fear that I haven't done enough to make sure that, that uh, people are taken care of should something happen to me. Uh, which is just, a again, it's just a, a, a thing that, I don't think I even gave two seconds thought to when I was when I was in my early twenties. I think you I think you hit it on the head though when you use the word legacy. You can look at the word legacy and and adapt that to to different definitions. A, a legacy could be that you left profound information and just life skills to to your kids. You know. Uh, Caitlin um, said the other day, you know, about what we do here and how much she and she she found it important that she'll always have these conversations and whatever. So in 20 years, when I'm no longer here, and you know, she's converted it to whatever new technology is there, yeah. you know, uh, oh. that that she has that that memory that she can pass on to her kids or whatever else, or, you know, grandpa always used to tell me this, you know, that's, 
those are so to me legacy is not a bad thing it can it can be what you make it yep um that's that i just that found i found that profound when you said a legacy and and, and your fear is are you leaving a good enough legacy for people to not necessarily praise you because that's not what it's for, but for for the people that you care about to live a good life. Well, and first off, first off, Chris, I, I want to say that that in in eighty years from now, uh, in whatever post-apocalyptic hellscape that that the world is in at that time, someone is going to unearth uh, a hard drive with all of the episodes of Old Man Strength. And they're going to sit down and they're, they're going to listen. And I'm telling you, my friend, we are going to leave quite a legacy. Uh, it will be like a time capsule of of what old people complained about. Uh, so, and they'll be like, why didn't they listen to those guys? <laughs> exactly. So I'm, We wouldn't I'm, be under the control of these apes if we had just listened to those guys. <laughs> Uh, do you remember when they when they were uh, uh, building that that uh, that uh, it, it was like it wasn't um, it was like a time well first of all time capsules were but do they still do time capsules do you remember when we were a kid it's like every other yeah, we year did it was, yeah. people were like burying like like a, a Beatles record and like a, a bandana and leg warmers and whatever yeah. yes uh, like what anything they I thought. think we. It was a huge thing in like the seventies and eighties where they're like, "Oh, we have to bury things for the future." Do they do that anymore? I I think we buried one uh, our senior year in high school at Lincoln High School, and I thought to myself, "Now, who's gonna? Are they gonna pass this on every year to some dude to say, hey, don't forget, thirty years ago, we buried this thing.' So in ten, you guys need to." pass that information along or are they just going to hope that they're going to stumble upon it like that's i've never really fully understood that yeah it's kind of like that that uh recently there was a a toy boat uh that floated up on on the banks of lake superior up uh around duluth and it was apparently a class project from like decades ago that they had thrown out to see, I mean, it's Lake Superior, uh, but it's been floating around <laughs> in Lake Superior for like thirty years or whatever, and came back, and the message was like, "Hey, here's an old boat." Like, <laughs> uh, I mean, it's a neat story, but but I, I don't know. Now, if inside that boat were the pictures of uh, your house pictures from from towers at Iowa State that you recently yeah. shared. I think that would be something worthwhile that I think people would enjoy finding uh, years later. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Boy, that was, I, I pulled that picture out and I was like, what is that dude holding there? Oh, that's a double ended dildo. That was the house award. <laughs> Which since to had to lighten the mood here, let's tell a story. My first roommate got that award for, um, First weekend in college, he came back from a party, and I'm lofted up in our bunks, and I'm sleeping, and he's standing right next to my bunk, and I was like, what are you doing? Going to the bathroom. What? <laughs> I looked down. Sure enough, man, he was peeing all over the new couch we had just bought, my bag that I just bought, like $500 worth of books. He was peeing all over it. I was like, dude, you are pissing all over my stuff. 
the next morning I marched his ass to the bookstore. He had to buy me a whole new set of books for like $500. I was like, I am not taking pea stained books around. Although looking back, I didn't really use them a lot. So probably it was a waste of money. <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. Uh, uh, that's, that's a fear that'll never go away. I don't think I'd ever want to use a pea stained book. No, uh, no. Uh, I, I recently got a dog, and I don't even like going to the parts of the carpet where she's peed. Uh, oh <laughs> man! Um, uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I totally derailed this you entire did. conversation. Well, part of it too is because I'm thinking because I also have a friend uh, uh, who uh, fell out of. So it was not lofted beds; it was bunk beds, um, because that's. That's you know you got to college they all start off as bunk beds because they they basically set up your dorm room like it was a prison cell, uh, yeah. and, the, <laughs> and then they yeah. let you build a loft in there, right? Well, he fell down it and then he got up and he started peeing on the lower bunk, which had a person in it. Oh man, <laughs> I can honestly say I've never been so drunk that I didn't know where I was or what I was doing. I can't imagine being that hammered. Just can't. Now, typically, my threshold hits. I can, I just start throwing up. So <laughs> I don't ever get that bad. But oh well, then you will you will enjoy uh, the next episode of Bitter Units. Uh, that, that's a, a shameless plug for my other podcast. But uh, um, yeah, uh, boy. Uh, so I, I I no longer have a fear of being peed on. I don't think anyway. Uh, not having a, a, a kid that, that is not potty trained certainly helps with that. Um, <laughs> uh, but I think, I think again, to kind of go back to, uh, just the idea of, of legacy, um, man, you, it's so cliche to say, uh, but as you get older, you don't even worry as much about what you did or didn't accomplish, right? Maybe, maybe, you know, you can get better uh, thinking about the things that you regret. And certainly I can think about uh, mistakes that I've made. And, and usually when I can't sleep at three in the morning is when all of those memories and cringe inducing moments come flooding back to me. Suddenly I can't remember anything really that happened uh, before the the age of twelve, in a lot of ways, except for at three in the morning, I can remember when I called my teacher mom in second grade, and suddenly it, I tense up. But that's that's my own <laughs> mental health thing. Um, but you really do start to think about it's not about my past; it's about making sure that my present and from here on out don't don't impact someone else's future. Um, yeah. I remember my dad when he uh, he would always talk about um, did I do enough? Mm-hmm. And and there at the end when he was after we closed his business and so on, he would I would go over <clears throat> this. Also, I think part of it is why I don't I try not I try not to dwell on negative things because it's just it just it's counterproductive and it's a wasted time. But I would uh, after we closed his business and so on, I would go over and try to visit with him, and he would he was a you know, he was depressed and he, but he, all he would want to talk about was the failure of, 
I didn't do enough. And, you know, what am I going to do about your mother? And, and I, you know, I let you down. And, and I was like, dad, I was like, you, you got to stop this. Mm -hmm. I said, you, you have, you've got to stop. I said, you, you graduated with an eighth grade education and you live in a nice house and you, you, you put me through college and you raised four wonderful kids and you have a ton of grandkids and you ran a successful business for 10 years and you're, you know, when it comes to politics and, 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 and world history and so on, there's not a person that I don't think is smarter than you. you so you failed at something. You, uh -huh. Big deal. You, you get up and you go and let's move on. But he just never could do that. He, and, he, and, and I, I just remember thinking, I, I just don't ever want to be like that. Like I can't. And, and sadly, there were times where I would avoid going over there because I just didn't want to deal with it. And now sure. looking back, I wish, you know, I could have those times back with him, obviously. But he that's a that's another fear that I have of of just not ever wanting to let anybody down. That's yeah. another one. Right. I, I don't I don't want to not be able to be dependent on whether it's my job or my uh, my family or my church or the the charitable work that I do for people or just genuine kindness to people that I meet and see. Mm -hmm. It's it's as crazy as it sounds. It's part of the reason why I wear a mask. Yeah. Do, you know, am I afraid that I'm going to get sick? No, I would feel terrible if I went out somewhere and somebody else got sick because of me, because I didn't take an extra precaution, whether or not it's valid, whether or not works or not. It's not hurting me to wear one. Yeah. So that's my motivating factor is the fear of, of, of hurting somebody else. And yeah, that's that that's you know, the, a little digression here. That's the thing that I've never understood is is uh oh well a mask isn't gonna protect me. I'm like, Yeah, you're right. You wearing a mask doesn't protect you. It protects me. Or vice versa. If you're gonna make fun of me for wearing a mask because it's not gonna protect me, cool. I'm not doing this for me. I'm doing this for you. Right. Uh, <laughs> if you can't appreciate that I'm wearing a mask so that I'm not as you know, it's making sure that I'm not a, a spreader. That's got to be worth something, and it's 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 frustrating to me. Um, Small sacrifices yeah. are not going to hurt anybody. Yeah, absolutely. Small sacrifices are not going to hurt anybody. You're not. It's not hurting anything. And at the and at the end of the day, you can put your head down and sleep at night and know that you did the right thing. So. You uh, you touch on something else that I think is interesting. So, you know, I've mentioned on this podcast before that my dad is just better than me. Uh, there's just there's just no way around it. He's he's a better husband, uh, a better father, uh, just a better person and i know there's a lot of of that is because you know i've idealized him a certain amount in, in my eyes um but also just because i know my feelings and i know you know i constantly feel like i'm not living up to you know you've talked about uh how terrible you felt in college when you felt like you were disappointing your dad um uh, and so for all the kind of hero worship that we do with our dads, there's also a part that, you know, another thing that I kind of worry about, uh, I, 
as I get older, is turning into my dad. So as much as he's a better person than me, I worry about turning it into him. Uh, uh, sorry, Dad, if you're listening. Uh, I love you. Uh, <laughs> um, uh, my dad used to be on Twitter, and when he started following me, I was like, oh, shit. Uh, <laughs> it was, the worst part was that my dad had way more followers than me, and he was way... Uh, way more popular. Way more popular. I, should, I get That shouldn't be surprising. But there's this weird paradox, right? So even someone like my dad, who, who I love and admire, and, and uh, I'm still worried about turning into him. And I don't know if that's because it's you know an idea of the things that I see that he struggles with as he's getting older, and I don't want to be that for um, my kids when I hit his age. I, I you know I certainly know my mom is constantly apologizing to me constantly apologizing to me and she's been doing it since her folks were still alive uh because like when her mom would do something she'd be like i'm going to try really hard not to do that to you guys uh and so now she's like oh man i'm doing that to you guys aren't you uh, <laughs> and it's not you know sometimes it's it's something serious about you know not understanding the health ramifications or for whatever reason old people can go through this thing where they just, you know, they go and have surgery and it's no big deal. They don't bother to tell their kids. And it's like, Oh, well, I don't want to worry mm. you. You know, those type of things are insane. Yeah. Uh, particularly, you know, amongst like depression era people where they, they didn't want to do that. But then sometimes it's something as simple as man, my dad, you know, this was back before smartphones were, were ubiquitous. My dad got an MP3 player. And trying to teach that man how to use an MP3 player, I got a lot of anxiety of, oh, my God, I hope I never turn into that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And even, and even now, like, I, again, I love my dad. I will go back and visit him in Central Iowa, and I haven't – I have not gone back to Central Iowa since – I don't know, earlier in the year, before the pandemic and all of that, um, my dad would print out articles from the internet and then hand me like stacks of paper from websites. And I'm like, Dad, you can just text me the link. Why, why are you using <laughs> paper to print something out? I'd swear that man probably could print out the entire Des Moines register instead of getting a subscription to it. I like, uh, it's just, <laughs> it's so, you know, out of a, a yeah. more lighthearted, I'm afraid of that aspect of aging. Yeah. There's okay. Well now we're going to tell some Melvin stories. <laughs> so yeah, there's a lot of those. Uh, I, he, first of all, he would never listen to reason, never listen to reason. And and there are times where my temper will will definitely rival my dad's. And he he was he I I am just like him. He can't sometimes let things go, right? Like he if if there's something's been wronged or something is or you're out of line or whatever, there's no, you know, just it's none of my business. Let me just walk on by with Melvin. There just wasn't that. Yeah. Uh, and I'll never. And, and so we were. He used to do construction. He used to uh, do drywall and construction and everything else. And he, um, 
He used to go to this. Uh, it's not a Menards. It used to be like a Payless Cashways. It was kind of like a home improvement store. Oh yeah, yeah. And that's yeah, where right, he right. would go. He would go yeah. all the time and go buy his his sheetrock and tape and mud and everything there. And he had to go buy it. He had to buy a door for this project that he was doing. And he um he went in and and he got the sheet and he paid for it and then we drove into the back and then of course they didn't have the door. Well, he 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 had to get to this job. Yeah. That he had to get to, you know, and he was. This was the only way we were, you know, and looking back now, he had to get this job done. He had to get paid. You know, he had the mortgage due probably that Friday, whatever else. He was in between checks, you know, whatever. So this dude, he, he wasted my dad's time for an hour looking for this door, couldn't find it. So he, so then when he came back out and said he didn't get his door, my dad just, I mean, he flipped his shit. You've wasted my whole fucking morning. You need to pay me for my time. I want to see the manager, you know, and he's, it's a Raven lunatic. He's, he's like the Karen of now, right? That's, <laughs> that's what he would be. He would be viral on Twitter right now. Of, Look at this jackass berating this poor, you know, guy trying to work at a lumberyard. Oh. I'm never fucking coming in here again. You'll never see me step foot in this fucking store again. I swear to God, I'll never step foot in this store again. And do you know, to this, to the day he died, he never stepped foot in that store. Oh, wow. But, but I did, because he would just give me the list and send me in there. So, so he had a grudge. Right. Uh, but not a grudge enough that he was going to go somewhere else and pay more money. He just was not going to step foot in there. Yeah. But he would just, and I mean, you'd, you'd sit there and you'd be like, oh, my God. You've got to stop screaming at these people. Like, you, I literally want to crawl in a hole and die. You've got to stop. Well, and he's and, and he's so stubborn that the the guy who worked in the lumber yard at that Payless Cashway, right? He didn't work there anymore. He wouldn't. No. He wouldn't have even known if that guy showed up like a week. And later that poor dude's hard. making, you know, at the time probably making six dollars an hour. Like, he yes. needs to take this guy shit. Because, like, listen, dude, I don't run the inventory around here. It's not my fault. I, I don't know what to tell you. They sold you doors not in here. Go talk to the guy that makes 12 bucks an hour, you know, but I, and there were times I would find myself like that. And I'd be like, I, I need to take some Prozac or something. Like I, why am I losing my temper like that? It's not that big a deal. I, so that's, that's one of the fears that I would turn into him where I would just be a stark Raven lunatic. And, and unfortunately, if you follow me on Twitter, I I'm probably like that, right? Like I <laughs> somebody says something and I'll be like, that's total bullshit. And next thing you know, I'm in a twelve, you know, thread conversation with somebody going down a rabbit hole and I'd be like, I gotta put my phone down because Yeah. You know, I can't let it go. <laughs> yeah, man, I I I I get that. Uh you know, cause I can again, you know, part of the 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 mental uh, blocks that I have, uh, you know, the mental health challenges is obsessing over, you know, I made a mistake, uh, the other day. I, at this point, I, I don't remember what it was, but I know that for like an entire day, like the very next day I was still obsessing. I was still going through the rationalizing to myself why I made the mistake and how it wasn't really my fault. And, um, you know, going through kind of all the steps of, of, uh, how and replaying it in my head um and, and sometimes it, it's easy to lose perspective and then the it just snowballs from there uh and man i i can tell i'm getting 
I would love to think that I'm getting better with age because I've learned, but in some ways, there's a certain loss of rationality uh, that comes with aging for better or for worse, uh, and that scares the hell out of me. Yeah. Yeah, because then at that point, maybe you're just like, uh, it's not worth it. Yeah. Now I've lost. The, now I've lost the 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 dog in the fight. Now, right? Like, there's yeah. a lot of times I'd be like, yeah, whatever. Yeah. And I'd be like, well, that's no fun. I used to enjoy just getting a little riled up, you know. But now <laughs> I'm just like, it's not. I've got to get off the couch, and then I got to. It's just not worth it. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Definitely. Awesome. Well, why don't we go ahead and uh, take a quick break. We'll grab a word from our sponsors. Um, I'm going to freshen up my drink here, um, and we will get back and talk a little bit more uh, about some fears. I want to hear a little bit more about uh, what Melvin aspects you're seeing sneak up on you when you least expect it and and how that that scares the daylights out of you. <laughs> um, so we will get a word from Dead Eye Barbecue Sauce. Once again, the best damn barbecue sauce in the known universe. Uh, look for them at Hy-Vee on locally you market. Uh, I, fairways, wherever fine barbecue sauces are sold in, in the Midwest. Uh, and we will be back in just a bit. Back when I started Dead Eye, I knew I wanted to innovate the barbecue game. Since day one, we've offered a premium barbecue product unlike anything else on the market. Great Aunt Irene had something special tucked away on a recipe card in her cupboard, and there was no way we weren't gonna do something about it. So we decided to take it one step further, introducing Deadeye Superfood Barbecue Sauce. We've got five new flavors, graviola, acerola, pink guava, acai, and dragon fruit. They're the first of its kind, and they're packed with flavor. Find it at your local grocer today or at DeadeyeBBQ.com. Welcome back once again. Uh, if you have accidentally clicked on the wrong podcast in your feed, uh, this is Old Man Strength. I hope you are joining us for the rest of this anyway. I want to give a quick shout out to all the other Tailgate Society podcasts, Bitter Units, Matinee Baseball, Sports and Corks, We're Not That Drunk, Culture Check, Drunk Dialing. Uh, Chris, are there any that I'm missing? No, I think you hit them all. They're all good. All yeah, good. we've got a lot of great content at the Tailgate Society. Please visit us on the web at thetailgatesociety.com. Uh, always some new exciting things being posted right now we have uh a feature going on about the women of the tailgate society and i'm learning about some really talented people that we make a lot of jokes with on the slack channels that i have not really gotten to know as well as as i wish i would and it's just been enlightening uh to learn about what amazing people we have at the tailgate that, society that one is super cool i i've really enjoyed reading up on those yeah so. absolutely absolutely well so again, old man strength. I am Tim Johnson, joined by Chris Shipley. We are talking about things that we are afraid of. Um, Chris, we talk about the Tailgate Society uh, as the the elder statesman. I guess is is the nice way that I'll put it of the Tailgate Society, and by that I mean uh, you're the effing old guy there. I think uh, I might be the oldest one. Yeah, I think I, I might be. Yeah, absolutely. So I. Uh, uh, 
are there things that uh, uh, I don't want to say fish out of water, but are there things where you realize, hey, maybe the things I worry about uh, is obviously very different than what some of these these uh, you know they're not used. They're we're all adults, but it, like you can tell, hey, maybe, they're youngins, right? They're <laughs> so. So are are there are there some things where uh, you see what people get you know either worked up about you know you'd mentioned before the break about there's a, certainly a fear of when you lose your passion right younger people are certainly more passionate and that's and that's awesome um, but are there things that that you see that where you're like oh man oh crap I'm getting old and that I, yeah. I'm worried about different things oh we talk a lot in the Slack channel. Um... There's all kinds of topics, right? There's yeah. uh, election stuff and food and just random shit that we talk about or whatever else. And I, I swear there are times where sometimes I will like throw something out there and I'll kill the entire conversation. <laughs> like nobody will answer. And I'll think, oh, the old guy jumped in and now they're all got quiet. Like, what the hell is this old man talking about or whatever? You know? And I'll be like... <laughs> Everybody was talking, and then I it was like I was in high school again. I came over to hang out with all the cool kids, and they were like, oh, Chris is over here. And the record uh, we got to go. Scratches, the, the jukebox scratches, and then <laughs> and they're like, wait a second. Why is there a jukebox, old man? There's no records. What are you talking about? <laughs> but I, you know, we talked a little bit the last time. I'd like to think that at 50 years old, I'm still up on vernacular and what is cool and and you know, and and what's trendy or whatever else. Uh, so, I know my dad wasn't like that. You know, he he wouldn't understand things or wouldn't get it or whatever. I don't know that I could handle the fact that I wouldn't be the smartest technology person in the house. That would really bother me. Yeah. That that because I'm so tech savvy and whatever else. Uh, now I don't. There's no danger that my wife is gonna supersede me she will admit that it's the one thing that i can claim out of this entire relationship that i'm smarter about is anything technical and she will tell you that so uh so i got one out of like a hundred of things um but the kids sometimes uh supersede me you know i i've got uh, the boys i've got these uh i've got this stuff on their phone that locks it down so they can't do certain things or whatever else and I'll be damned if Jordan doesn't figure out a way around it all the time. So I don't necessarily think I'll ever be out of the realm of knowing stuff because I have to be that far ahead of that kid because he's so freaking smart. Yeah. It's ridiculous. I'd be like, I don't know. How did you do that? Like, how did you lock yourself out? And now all of a sudden you have access to this. I don't know. I, I rebooted my phone and reset it back up. What the fuck, dude? You can't be doing that. It's well, it's kind of <laughs> like um, it's kind of like when the FBI hires a counterfeiter so they can learn how to. Right. Better catch counterfeiters, right? Right. <laughs> exactly. I mean, you know, I, it's no different, I guess, than when I was young and I somehow figured out and finagled where dad kept his Playboys and I snuck around and found those too. So, <laughs> you know, he always thought he was smarter than me, but somehow I always knew where that stash was. Yeah, I think I think that might be um, one of my my fears as I get older. So there's a certain part when you're a parent where you realize that your parents were smarter than you gave them credit for, right? They even, even the things that you think you got away with, uh, 
probably half of those because your parents decided it wasn't a, a, a battle worth fighting, <laughs> right? Yeah. But there is also a part of that where you go, oh, but shit, am I actually catching all of those things? And I think that's one of the things, you know, I'm lucky my daughter is, is younger. I'm worried uh, I, when she gets to be older, um, are there things that I'm missing? You know, do you worry that there are things that you have missed? Uh, Caitlin, let us know if there's things that you missed. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you probably should ask the older one. The older one. Uh, the, the problem yeah, with the, the problem is the older one is you don't know what the fuck you're doing with the older one. <laughs> Every, you know, you just continue and continue <laughs> to just screw that up because you don't know. I don't know how to handle this situation. I've never been a parent of a 25 year old. I've never been a parent of a 28 year, you know, or whatever else. But yeah, I, I worry sometimes that I've missed it, but I also, um, I also know that at that point they're going to have to take their lumps Mm -hmm. uh, for whatever dumbass decision that they decide to make. And, uh, and that there's consequences for every action. Yep. So, uh, as long as it didn't maim them or kill them or lose some sort of a limb, um, it is what it is. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna lose sleep over what they might be trying to do or whatever. And and typically, as I tell the boys, at some point I'm gonna find out. Yeah. Right. Like at some point, I'm gonna find out. So you might as well just not even try because you're not gonna be able to outsmart the old man. That's that's what my dad used to say and. And to your point, I think I did. I probably didn't. Yeah. He probably was just like, uh, forget it. You know, I, I remember coming home. I think I was, I was not 21 yet. I was back on break. And we, uh, if anybody's familiar with the Des Moines bar scene in the, in the mid nineties or in the, the late night, early nineties, late eighties, there was a place on the South side called Doc and Eddie's and me and a buddy of mine used to go there on Friday nights, but we'd go about four o'clock in the afternoon when they didn't look, for, they didn't check IDs at four yeah. o'clock in the afternoon. They're like, who's coming in to drink here at four o'clock in the afternoon? We'd go in and play pool and then we'd just stay there the entire night, right? Yep. So we're, we are, uh, we're drinking and I ordered, I, I ordered this thing called a cement mixer. You ever heard of the cement mixer before? Oh, yeah. It's like Bailey's Irish cream and lime juice. Yeah, and you mix yeah. it in a shot and you drink it and you swirl it around and it almost turns into a, like a solid mush of like ice cream is what it is. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I drank that and then he wouldn't drink it. And I, I think I called him a big pussy or something like that. And then I drank his. <laughs> uh, and then we proceeded to drink the rest of the night. And then we got home and uh, I got so sick. It was like five in the morning and I'm I'm throwing up so bad in the bathroom and my mom is like, Honey, are you okay? Oh my gosh, I'm so sorry that you don't feel good. Blah blah blah. And I mean, I'm so sick, Tim. I, I dry heaved for thirty minutes <sighs> that I broke the blood vessels around my eyeballs and it looked <sighs> like I had two black eyes until I finally threw up that cement mixer that had been sitting in the pit of my stomach. <sighs> and and I'm in there, and I'm throwing up, and pretty soon, I guess I found it later. My mom went downstairs to my dad, and she was like, honey, Chris is really sick. I think he's really sick. He's Something's wrong. And dad goes, goddamn right, something's wrong. Fucker was out drinking all night, and now he's throwing up. <laughs> Instantly, the sympathy for my mom, done. 
<laughs> walked upstairs, started banging on the door. Hey, selfish son of a bitch. I hope you puke your guts out. She's in there screaming. You know, I've been out here crying my eyes out thinking you were sick for half an hour. He's, That's what you get for going drinking. Oh. He's like, oh my God. Oh, that's fantastic. So yeah, he knew. He yeah, he had, right. you know, he didn't right. have any qualms of what I was doing, and he had zero sympathy. Right. Right. Um also anything that I don't want to be my dad, I don't ever want to say the same phrase he would say to me when I would look for sympathy, when he'd say look in the dictionary between shit and syphilis. That's what he would tell me. <laughs> I swear to God, I'll never say that to my kids. Ever. I will never say that. I hated that thing. I hated that. You can't give me just a little bit. <laughs> You can't give me just a tiny bit of sympathy. No. You want sympathy, you can look it up in the dictionary between shit and syphilis. Which, by the way, I don't even think that's in between. I have never looked, but I'm pretty sure that's not in between those two words. Uh, No, 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 it should be, but that's pretty hysterical. Uh, <laughs> oh, God. I think I'm actually going to use that sometime. Because, uh, hey, at that point, I wouldn't be turning into my dad. I'd be turning into your dad. And I'm fine with that. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy um yeah no i think i think what scares me uh is because you almost because of the rapid rate of change of the world uh not keeping up with that you can take someone really kind of savvy and they redevelop naivete and it comes slowly and not obviously and then you know i mean there's a reason that a lot of these technology scams phishing scams phone scams all of those things target the elderly and it's not because they're dumb it's because their savvy was tailored towards a different time and the rate of change has passed that to that point where they didn't even realize they were becoming nice. It's not like you just wake up someday and you don't get how the world works. Right. And so right. it's, it's iterative and it's very, you know, uh, very slow to the point where you, you don't get it. Uh, I think sometimes that's why I, I tend to act like, the old man learning what the kids are doing. It's because I I have this fear that I'm going to have that heart where I am overtaken by the world and technology, and now I'm going to have that naivete again. And I'm going to be frustrated because I'm going to need to be thinking I'm smart, damn it. And it's not that I'm not smart. It's that my savvy is tailored for a different frame of reference. And I think that's one of the things that as I age, when I whenever I catch myself not understanding something, right, just listening back to our whole last conversation of the things the kids are doing that are cool, uh, that we think are dumb. Uh, there were occasional times that listened to that. And I was like, Oh no, it's dumb. But am I also missing out on something that is going to haunt me later? Uh, I think that's that's a, a very real fear for me as I age. Uh, I don't know. I don't know how you feel about that. I get that a lot with with uh, some Netflix shows and some stuff. Like when we talk in Slack about popular shows or whatever, and I'll be like, eh. like I like you talked about Shit's Creek last yeah. week, right? Yeah. I, I I'm I, I'm sure I'm missing out. I have I have zero desire to watch it. I'm sure I'm missing out on it. On uh -huh. what a great show it is. Uh, and and when everybody talks about it, I'm like. Um, I got nothing. 
You know what I mean? Sure. Uh, oh yeah, absolutely. I, the, you know, most and there's of the certain... things in the pop culture channel, I have got nothing to say. I, I, I follow that channel, but I am mostly a lurker. And then I get really excited when I can chime in. Cause I'm like, Ooh, I'm not a total old. I can talk about this thing. Uh, but yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's kind of that genre and music. I'm, I'm terrible at music too. I couldn't tell you what, what current music is, which again, we could segue into a whole nother conversation at some other point about how crappy the new music is compared to some cool stuff. And, you know, and I, I put out the, uh, the tailgate society, uh, hype tapes. Um, yeah. And I tend to 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 go back to some old school rock or whatever else yeah. to, to to add on to it. And I'm sure probably half the people that watch it go, oh, this isn't very relevant, but it's cool <laughs> to me. So <laughs> it's cool to me. You, you know, know, every it, once in a while, I'll reach out to Caitlin. And I'll get like, I, I need a good song that's that's cool or revel- relevant. And she usually fails epically. She didn't, she's got nothing. <laughs> well, no, I mean, it, so it, it reminds me, uh, you know, when Matt Campbell took over at Iowa State uh, and they were all worried about, like, what type of song they were going to pick for the intro. That was because that was a highlight of our games at that point. Well, I, yeah, absolutely. I was going to say, first of all, if that's what we're worried about, we are we are missing the boat. Uh, but then there were a lot of people that were just really worried that we came across as old. And I'm like, because the Cyclone fans that are still with us at this point are old. right. <laughs> um, and no, that's 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 interesting. Uh, I, I, I'm I'm terrible about that too. I've never uh, been up on things that are are relevant anyway. Uh, you know, the cool way to say that is I'm an old soul. Uh, the the more honest way to say is that I'm just not uh shit, I don't even know what the word is. We talked last time about the word hip isn't hip. <laughs> but I'm like I'm I'm just not a relevant current uh, right person. I'm not current. I'm not well versed in, in the vernacular of our age. Um so but it it is something that, that I worry uh is part of that that fear of getting older is being able to relate right so interpersonal skills matter i uh, the average retirement age keeps on climbing uh in part because the average life expectancy climbs and so you know generations that got used to retiring at 65 most people are like well no i'm gonna have to work past that if i'm gonna be able to afford to live as long as i am and part of navigating that that broadening landscape of life is being able to for better for worse you're gonna have coworkers that are 40 years younger than you how how do do you that scares me thinking about being you know still working at 68 and having someone who's 25 and finding a way to to relate cuz it, it's hard enough we talk about it on the slack channels sometimes it's hard to do it it's going to get it's going to get worse and that 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 scares me i i worked with uh at the company i work for now when i was in the it department and i think i started there let's see 7 years ago so i was 42 
And there was a guy there that worked in the IT department, still works there. And I think he's probably 62, 63 now. No. Yeah. I don't know. He's he's much older than I am. And kind of the same deal, right? Like he was working with me and another guy that was five years younger than I was. Um, he He wasn't as quick as we were. Um, he wasn't as quick to pick up things as we were. But, you know, if I had a technical question on how to fix something, I probably went to Bill yeah. because Bill had seen it all. Yeah. Now, Bill might take three times as long to fix it, but there was value in that. Yeah. Right? Uh, on the flip side, now that I work in, in the marketing department and I work with, uh, let's see, one, two, three, four four girls in our department that are all 30 or or mid 30s lower than that um i learn a ton of stuff from them yep right but i think um i teach them a lot too and there's a good blend of that yeah uh especially when you're working with people that are open to that right mm -hmm. uh i now i remember one of the first times i sat over in that marketing department and i was sitting next to some girl she was a legal intern. She couldn't have been more than 21 years old. And one of the first days I was working over there, she turned around and she said, hey, Chris, can I ask you a question since you're old? <laughs> and I said, what? <laughs> well, I mean, I meant older. Like I, like, I was like, why don't you just stop talking and just ask me your damn question? Because you're just digging a hole even more. Right? <laughs> like... I'm well aware that I'm older over here and I'm the only dude in this in this department. Like yeah. I was the only guy. Yeah. So so not only did I miss out there on pop culture stuff, but anything having to do with women stuff, I was out of the conversation on that too. <laughs> Just the fact that you said women's stuff is already a vestige of of your time, I think. Right. <laughs> um yeah, man, I it, it it's something that, you know, there's a certain amount where I accept it, right? I'm not uh man, I'm not going to go shopping at at, at uh Aeropostale anytime soon. Uh <laughs> Listen, I almost wore that hat. I still got a hat upstairs. I uh, I'll tweet it out later. It's it's not as it's it's awful faded. It was my vacation hat. I wore it for every vacation. My kids hate it. Uh, it's it was pristine black when I bought it, and it might be a light gray now from all the sweat and sun and everything else. I still have it. That's the one Aeropostale thing I still have. Every every once in a while, so I, um, you know, when I was at the brewery, then then uh, uh, um, some of the staff were were a, a lot younger, and you know, I would organically pick things up just slang and then i would catch myself saying it and part of it was the oh my, oh my god that's the way i'm talking and part of it was the oh my god i sound like an old guy trying to sound cool <laughs> <laughs> it's like that gif have you seen the gif of uh, steve buscemi he was on uh he did a bit part on saved by the bell Oh, and he's walking down the hallways and he's got, yeah, how you doing, yeah. fellow kids? And he's got the hat backwards and the skateboard. That's, that's me. Listen, Caitlin's friends will tell you I'm the coolest dad they know. 
That's what I've been told. Yeah, to your face, they so, will say that. They will say that, right? I know. I'll take whatever compliment I can get. What else would um, I say? You know, right. ignorance is bliss. Yeah. Oh God, that's uh, awesome. Um, yeah, I think I think that's that's one of those things. I like I I get the the idea of when things pass you by feeling um you know just overwhelmed and it's not even about the pace of things uh it's just like i said it doesn't happen overnight but there are times where you wake up one morning and you realize man i got out of date on a lot of things uh you know you and i were talking this week about about uh uh, you know, uh, Adobe Creative Suite projects, and you were even talking about, you know, uh, Adobe Premiere, and I called that before my time, and I'm like that, or a- after my time, and 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 I was like, wait a second, that's after my time. First of all, Chris is the one talking to me about it, so maybe I should dial back how old <laughs> I am. <laughs> and second of all, it's like, oh man. I'm still talking about these things like it's Corel Draw or you know Adobe 4.1. Like it, some of these things, uh, it, it it has encouraged me recently. I think to to maybe reconnect on some things that you know I need to quit talking about them like they were a past life. I'm not that old, uh, but also I need to remember that when I get to be even older, I need to quit talking about them. Uh, you know, anytime you, you, you pull the, in my day, uh, type of mentality on anything, uh, <laughs> that, that should give you pause. Yeah. I, there are times though, that I feel the old man creep in a little bit. Like when I run into something I don't know how to do, um, or, and I'll, I'll, I'll not have the energy to try to search online or search to see what the best course of action it is. And sometimes I'll either just put the project aside or I just don't have the mental capacity to want to deal with it. Right. Yeah. And I, that's, uh, so I think that that plays in a lot more now. And I think that's getting older and realizing what may or may not be important and, and biding your time and using your time for better resources and better things to do stuff like that. But uh, I sometimes worry about that. Then I think, okay, well, am I losing my edge a little bit? Am I losing my desire to want to learn new things or, mm-hmm. or whatever else I, you know, we, we had to replace a garbage disposal one time and I was, I don't know, I was sweating it for two days. I was like, I never replaced one. I don't really want to do that. And blah, blah, blah. And I went to YouTube university and I was like, are you serious? It's a five minute job. Yeah. Had it done in five minutes. But you you sometimes psych yourself out because you think it's going to be too hard to understand that you don't do it. Yeah. You know, I, you know, and I talked about that earlier uh, when I was talking about kind of the, the renovations going on. One other thing that I have to do, uh, we've been having issues with the garage door and uh, you know, I thought it was the limit sensor and I thought it was the, the, the optic sensor and I thought it was all these different things. 
And finally, I was listening to it, and I realized I need to get up, and I need to look at the motor itself. And I started to take apart the gear assembly, and it just fell apart in three pieces in my hand. And I was like, oh, so that's the problem. Everything hmm. in here is cracked. I'm going to have to replace this. And I've I've installed a, a garage door opener before, so I'm not afraid of that. Uh, but I was talking uh, with someone and he's like you know they have all of these things now on garage door openers where it's like wi-fi and you can close your you know you can check to see if your garage door is open when you're not even home and close it via your phone and all of that and i had myself a very grumpy old man oh a moment where i went, I don't need that newfangled technology just give me something <laughs> open that closes my garage <laughs> And on the one hand, it's like, you know, I've got this, this you know, this, you know, this recent push towards minimalism and, and all of this, and may, I don't need all of that. But there's another part of me that realizes, was I saying that's dumb and worthless because it's dumb and worthless? Or was I saying that because I'm just a grumpy old man afraid of embracing new technology? Yeah. Uh, I have not gone out and bought the new garage door. I've just left it closed manually and, and secured that way. Well, <laughs> you know, do. It's probably going to be my vote. project. I'm going to uh, vote that you're practical. That's what I'm voting. Yeah, I, I hope that it's that I am practical. Uh, but there's probably a practical solution that, you know, I get like, you, you know, to your uh, your garbage disposal. that it's It's not any more complicated, but I just... You know that fear of the unknown that that again happens, but it, it goes back to like teaching my dad how to use an MP3 player. Uh, it, it's not hard, but my dad expected it to be more complicated than it was, so he couldn't wrap his head around how easy it was. My dad uh, was adamantly against direct deposit for the longest time because oh, he was because he was. He was convinced that if they could put money in there, they could just take it out. Oh. I was like, Dad, oh. it's not a real it's not real money if I don't get a check. And I was like, the check's not real money. My, my... And then when I finally, yeah. I finally got him online banking, I'll never forget. <laughs> my mom was so pissed because he would he would literally log into online banking all the time. And she went to Walmart one day. And by the time she pulled in the driveway, he was already in the driveway on her about spending $85. <laughs> she was like, would you spend $85 on at Walmart? Mom's like, oh, well, that fucking thing's going to go because I'm not answering those fucking questions. We've been married 40 years. I ain't got to answer to you when I'm spending at the grocery store. She said, she went in and she called me. She's like, you log him off that because I am not taking that shit from him. <laughs> It's absolutely that that a little bit of knowledge can be a bad thing. That yes. type of scenario. Oh God, that's funny. I. Uh... <laughs> I thought. Yeah, I yeah, thought for it, sure. Yeah, yeah. they were going to get divorced one time because they were uh, arguing about I don't know. They were arguing about money or something. And my my dad had finally had his business up and running, and they were making a lot of money, and they were yeah. they had a nicer house or whatever. And I'll never forget. I don't know. They were having a drag out fight and I, oh, no, I'll never forget. My dad said, well, we can just get fucking divorced then. And mom goes, <laughs> divorced. You think I'm leaving now when we got all this good shit. When I stuck around, when you were poor, you're fucking crazy. She's like, I'm not leaving now. 
<laughs> Next thing you know, they started laughing and the argument was over. Oh. I was just like, man, that's that's the way to argue. Oh. You think I'm leaving now when the shit's good? You're crazy. Oh. Plus, they swore up and down they never got divorced because neither one of them wanted to take the kids for a weekend. <laughs> oh, that's that's awesome. Oh man, I I like. It's funny because it's something you know, something like online begging is something that you and I take for granted, right? I don't even balance a checkbook now. I've never ba- I have not balanced a checkbook in so long. Couldn't yeah, even. Yeah, my my ex mother in law still does that. She still holds on to like every receipt uh, for like purchases. Like I'll be like, you know, hey, remember that time that we got Twinkies? And she's like, hold on, I should go down to the basement. Like, this one from four years ago. I'm like, what? Like, how? What? Why? How? You know? And then I ordered, I ordered checks. Six months ago, because I moved and and I needed to get new checks, and I've written like three since then. Uh, I, but occasionally there are still some. I don't know. I saw someone the other day that had a form they had to fax in, and I'm like, fax. "Do you have a DeLorean? How the hell did you fax something?" That, now uh, I will tell you, that's the kind of stuff that aggravates me, though. As as still a young man, yeah, people that don't answer their cell phones that pisses uh-huh. me off. It's 2020. Answer your fucking phone. It's right there in your pocket. Uh, people that don't know how to use email. That's the yeah. other one that really pisses me off. And they and they um, they don't they still only rely on checks like I going through the grocery store and you're writing a check like you've got to move on. Like I'm never going to do that. Let's. There's got to be a separate line for you people. This this isn't like it's it's harder. I don't understand. It's very weird that something physical is somehow conveying a a level of security. I'm like you you realize you're literally handing someone that anyone off of the street, the dumbest person who could break into that cash register, now has your bank account number. And your home address. Yeah. At least like breaking into, you know, using like a card skimmer or breaking into a POS requires a level of sophistication that not the dumbest person could could do. A check is like the least secure way of doing business, but there's a weird level of security that people have. I mean, th- this is very relevant to what we're talking about. Like I worry that there are some things that I've confused – I'll give you an example. Um, sorry, Dad. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna sell you out on this one. <laughs> uh, I was I was at uh, my my folks' house, and where I was sleeping, you know, they I'm in Minne- in Minneapolis. They're in Central Iowa. So when I go down to visit, I'm not just going for a day. I stay over there. And where I was going, then then you know, they had a Roku uh, set up, which is mind-boggling uh, um, to me that they had that, but my dad said, when you're done, unplug it, because you know internet. That's, that's verbatim what he said. Because you know internet. And I said, no, I don't know what you mean. And to this day, I don't know, because I decided it was, you know, it was 9 o'clock at night, I'm not going to go down this rabbit hole 
of does he think like people are tunneling in through his Roku to steal his identity? Does he think he's getting charged? Like, I don't know why he unplugs his Roku every single night when he's done with the TV. But oh, man. <laughs> it, and so it's like there's this weird false sense of security of, well, because I've unplugged this. I'm like, well, no, it, the, you know, if there was any sensitive information on your Roku, they they stole that in a blink of an eye, and it wasn't because it was past nine o'clock. They're no longer going to be able to. Get... <laughs> the thieves are the thieves come out after nine o'clock. Yeah, when the nine I, o'clock I news is over. That's when they start logging in. I do understand this weird security. Um, oh man! Uh, <laughs> yeah, because you know, internet. No, Dad, uh... I don't. But I will unplug it. I promise. I'll see you in the morning. Uh, like, like I know. I, I'm thoroughly convinced that our generation, like our little area, are the only smart ones. Because <laughs> the the older ones are just, God love them, they're out of touch. Uh-huh. And then the younger ones, like my kid can't even make her own doctor's appointment. Because she's gotten so she, used to things being done. Right. Like I, you know, I... You, Caitlin would uh, is a phenomenal singer. Yeah. Not a lot of people know that. She's got a beautiful voice. She sang lead in show choir for four years. Amazing. The girl can stand in front of a crowd of 2,000 people and belt out the song like a star. Yep. You ask her to make an eye appointment for her own self, and she literally freezes and doesn't know how to do it on the phone. Like she doesn't know- yeah, that was one thing I wanted to talk. That was one thing I wanted to talk about last week that I forgot that I wanted to talk about. Uh, things uh, that we don't get is why no one knows how to just pick up a phone. It's it's I pick you, and then they'll be like, "What do I tell them?" Well, why the fuck are you calling them right now? <sighs> hi, my doctor's Caitlin, hi, I need to make need an a, eye appointment. I like, need an what? eye appointment. The person on the other phone has taken a phone call before. They're going to know how to do it. They'll walk That's you right through it. <laughs> right. They'll walk you right through it. Now, I, it's just, I'm like, I don't, I, I just think we're in a perfect area. Like we know all the old stuff and I can, I can fully do all the young stuff. I, but God mm-hmm. forbid you, you know, yeah. God forbid you have to change your own tire. We, we, we remember a pre-internet world, yep. so we're not reliant on automation and all of that, but we also aren't so stuck in the pre-internet world that we can't adapt. I think that's that's fair, and, and uh, obviously I think that's fair because I'm in, in the in crowd on, on what you're saying, uh, yep. but there is, there is certainly an aspect of that where I, I appreciate it, and that, again, to go back to our topic... You know, I, I I get worried that that there are parts of that, uh, you know, what's going to happen when whatever the next technology is that I have not learned to embrace, uh, I, you know, is that going to shift in 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 twenty years? I don't know. I don't know. I I I I think you're right in a lot of ways, but I still worry that it's that you know maybe it's that that accumulating naivete that that I'm missing out on. I don't. I'm thoroughly convinced that at some point in my life, I'm going to become my father, and one of my kids is going to become me, <laughs> and we're and we're going to be sitting in the in the kitchen 
and I'll say something and they'll be like, dad, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> you don't even know what you're talking about. Go sit down. Right. Or let me get that for you. Or I, I'm, con- I'm sure of it. My, uh, I'm just trying to hold it off at bay as long as I can. My five-year-old already goes, you don't get it. <laughs> and every time I, I just I like I bite my lip and I'm like, and I have to breathe and then I have to ask myself, is that a problem? Do I not get it? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I fully understand it. I just don't understand it on your level. <laughs> <laughs> let me just just let me just process it for a little bit. Oh man. Oh, that's. I'll tell you, and I, I, I there is a there is just a shit ton of my dad in me. There's, mm-hmm. I Caitlin every year on my birthday or on Father's Day, she constantly is videotaping me. Uh, just random stuff like I'll look over and she's videotaping me when I'm like I don't know making dinner or whatever else and then she will post these funny videos on my birthday or whatever and I will look back and I will laugh and I I think it's funny but at the moment when I'm super pissed off about something or whatever and she's videotaping it it's not so fucking funny and I become Melvin like I'm pissed like don't (laughs) it's not funny right now it's not a fucking time to joke around I was trying to put Stacy's uh we bought I bought Stacy this rack for the cupboard that she wanted for mother's day. And I, I don't know, I put the, I put the bottom rack in and then you had to put the top rack in and I didn't use the spacers. And again, we've had the conversation that I don't know what the fuck I'm doing when I'm doing yeah. stuff. I don't know. Yeah. And I, and sure enough, <laughs> I, I checked the spacer and I looked at the directions and I looked at the spacer and I go cocksucker. And I look over and Caitlin's taping me. I was like, what are you doing? <laughs> This is the best stuff ever. This is such great stuff. Well, well, you know, she's smart. And I'm like, I'm Melvin. That's That was Melvin right there. Like, I'm going to have a Melvin moment. Well, she's smart because, cause at, at, you know, at the lightest, she gets some really good inf- uh, entertainment that she can rewatch and rewatch. Uh, but more importantly, she's just building a case for when she has to claim power of attorney. <laughs> <laughs> Your Honor, uh, uh, I have uh, a terabyte's worth of video that I'd like to show you. Of why he should be my, committed. My dad's mental fitness to make decisions. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, they're, they're hysterical. She at one point broadcasted them onto the TV through the Roku, and it was all distorted, and I looked about two and a half foot tall and like 700 pounds. And I was like, you got to take that shit off. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, good. So we talk about, you know, we talked earlier about the fear of turning into your dad, but there's a certain amount where uh, you've obviously embraced as well that uh, some of that shit's just inevitable. Oh yeah. Right. you know, for all the things, uh, and maybe this is kind of how we can we can kind of uh, polish off this conversation. But uh, for all of the things that I worry about and get afraid of getting older, I think uh, the the one thing that is inevitable and you can't run from uh, that no matter what you do, you just can't avoid. It's change. 
uh, you know, you hear a lot of things, you know, uh, it's common to say think, phrases like adapt or die. Uh, and I don't think it's that simple. I think, I think the reality is, uh, man, some ways I'm going to be left behind some ways. I'm still going to have the wisdom and some things, yeah, you know, maybe I'm just going to laugh at myself too. And, and, uh, <laughs> and I maybe I won't appreciate it at the time, but there is there is something glorious about hopefully my legacy. See see how smart I am tying this there back in here. There you go. I, I saw you uh, tied in there. I am a I am a consummate professional, Chris. Uh, <laughs> maybe maybe my legacy is giving uh, my progeny an ability to respectfully laugh at uh, my cluelessness as I age and and maybe uh, we can share uh, the whole kind of cyclical nature of knowing what's going on, not knowing what's going on because the rate of change is great. I can't avoid it, but hopefully I can approach it with some good nature and hopefully my, you know, my, daughter can see my approach and I can teach her as well. Yeah. I, your legacy is what you make it. And it, and it changes over time from when you were 25 years old to what you think is important to when you're 50 and then so on. Uh, for me, I just hope that, um, my legacy is is that my kids um are good people mm-hmm. and that they uh they treat others with respect and <clears throat> when i get old enough they don't make fun of me for my white leather shoes <laughs> uh, you know uh not to your face uh. <laughs> <laughs> they don't take a picture of them and post them on facebook to to troll me later or whatever God knows social media will be out there by then. Uh, oh. It's already out. We don't know about it because because uh, the youths aren't going to tell us about that. Right. They don't, they don't want one more uh, old person ruining the conversation by like, hey, do you guys remember the 70s? Like, it, like <laughs> that shit. <laughs> Vented windows and a... <laughs> Rotary phone. Oh, God. Awesome. Uh, well, man, is there anything else that we didn't kind of hit on that you wanted to talk on tonight? I, I, uh, once again, man, I just appreciate, first of all, your candor, but just the ability uh, to kind of take this conversation anywhere. But is there anything else we missed? I don't think so. I think we're good. Good. As usual, I- it's a good time, good conversation, have some drinks. Yeah. I said before, it's like it's like watching my two old men just sitting at a coffee shop, yeah, solving the world's problems. Yeah, right, right, right. It 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 absolutely is that, and I and I love the fact that that we have friends that that uh, listen and, and laugh. Uh, I know they say they're laughing with us, but let's be honest, they're laughing at us, and that's they're fantastic. laughing at us. That's all right. 
Oh, absolutely. As uh, long as they're listening, that's all I care about. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so like and subscribe, I think, is is what uh, a crusty old marketing professional like like Chris would say. <laughs> right. Is uh, And share. Yes. Like, subscribe, share. Tell, uh, tell your friends. <laughs> Give the other podcasts a listen. We got a lot of great people on this on this uh, podcast on, on this channel and this tailgate yeah. society. Yeah, a- absolutely. Uh, tailgate society podcasts are are available. Spotify, Stitcher, uh, whatever the Apple product is. Um, I they change the name of that all the time. Uh, it's not iTunes. It's Apple Pod or something. Apple Podcasts. Yeah, iHeart. The iHeart blog it's talk, uh, an old uh, crank operated phonograph that also happens to get podcasts. Uh, Literally, right now, people are googling what a what a what a crank phonograph is. <laughs> the logo of Columbia Records with that dog. That's what yes, that is. Exactly. Exactly. Um. <laughs> anyway, uh, we we uh. Appreciate you guys listening to uh, Old Man Strength. Again, yes, this has been Old Man Strength. I am Tim Johnson with Chris Shipley. Uh, please visit our sponsor, Deadeye Barbecue Sauce, at deadeyebbq.com and the Tailgate Society at thetailgatesociety.com. Until next time, we will see you later. I don't want to get on the bandwagon. I'll burn that wagon down and join the band. Traveling troubadours terrorizing street corners Just to try to get some supper in our hands Now I waited all my life to get this off my chest Green bloody murder until someone understands That it ain't about the money, the drugs, or the women I make this noise just because I can And we'll all join in To that original sound